0: Welcome to the weekly message from Rhema Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at media. 2 Timothy 3, verse 5. This is just the first, the, the first part of it where it says, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And so there can be, like, church without the power of God. But we do want church with the power of God. And then another uh, translation of it says, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. And so, you know, it's just not words, the gospel, but it's, it's the gospel, the words of the gospel and the word of God, the Holy Spirit, uh, they, they make a difference it's just it's just not a routine but but uh it's it's something that makes lasting change spiritually even in our minds and physically i I like the the scripture that says spirit soul and body god gave us something that deals with all three parts of man we are a spirit we have a soul and we live in a body and so god there's there's like for every part there can be victory so even in the mind if there's anything mentally god can fix it he's so good so this month we're going to look at that so i was thinking about you know power and you know there's different outlets or different sources of power an outlet can be a dispenser and then there's the source of power that goes to a dispenser or an outlet so i got thinking about some of the ones That we could say, hey, there's power there. So here's a few uh, places where there's power. One of the places is our connection with him. So you think about our connection with him where it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, that when you pray, you pray and you ask and you have what you pray. I mean, that's power. To think about having a prayer life where if you abide in me and my words abide in you, when you pray, you're going to have prayer fruit so uh, sometimes it's an overlooked place uh, but our connection with him it, it's it's powerful having that connection and then there's the gospel you know these places that, that we can say the bible says that the the gospel is the power of god yeah. so when we think about the gospel it, it's the power of god and so sometimes people somebody said this one time somebody was saying we just need more power we just need more power and somebody says well then you must need more gospel Because the gospel is the power of God. And so uh, that's another place where the power is. And then uh, there is, uh, this is uh, something that I just wrote in our monthly uh, email, if you read it. The removal of condemnation. When condemnation and guilt is removed from people, that's powerful. You you know, uh, it says uh, when Jesus told the lady that was caught in adultery. And he uh, he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. What empowers us to sin no more is the fact that we're cleansed and the guilt and condemnation of sin has been removed from us. So that's powerful. And that's what really empowers us because we can keep running back to God. And being able to run back to God and not run away from God, that's powerful. Then there's the Holy Spirit. And we're going to just look at one today, but I'm just going through these various power sources or outlets, we could say, dispensers. Uh, so the Holy Spirit says that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And everybody has a different idea what power is. You know, some, you, you, you know, like we could all say, well, what's powerful? Well, my idea of power may be different than your idea of power. You know, I grew up very Pentecostal. And so there was a time earlier that when I thought power was there, I, you know, I ran I rolled, I, I jumped, I did everything you can imagine and more uh, as I was growing up in church. And, and, you know, but, you know, gee, I believe that, you know, you can whisper if you have, if you know your authority, you can whisper at a devil with authority and the devil will go. So it's sometimes power is expressed, you know, loudly and demonstratively, but sometimes power can be released if it's released with authority you can whisper and have a great thing happen it's really what's on the inside that comes out so we would all maybe define power or look at it differently and then our words you know our words are powerful we know that we can speak to mountains and mountains must obey our words and then here's another one our hands we know that Jesus had dynamite power that flowed through his hands so these are all different power outlets and this month let's be really aware of these power outlets sources dispensers Uh, so maybe we're going to have three night meetings and uh, maybe there will be the laying on of hands remember that dynamite power flows through hands let's remember that every week we have a ministry team here after the service and I believe I put all of my faith and I I believe we have a corporate anointing here and that whoever lays hands on people after any service here, there's dynamite power flowing through them. I believe that every believer has dynamite power flowing through them. Somebody might pray for you in the parking lot and there's dynamite power that can flow through their hands in the parking lot. Okay, but today what we want to look at, and this is just a reminder getting near the end of the year, today we want to look at one and that is our words. Okay, so let's remind ourselves about our words Uh, our words are really powerful so like our words can make or break us you know what we say about ourselves can be really important it it is important It, it I you know I should say that differently what you believe about yourself and what you say about yourself can make or break you okay uh I, and I remember this, I, I'd had a job, it, it was kind of like a job interview that I had years ago, I was like 34 years old, Just we just were married, and uh, I was picked up in the car uh, by the leader, the, the head, and uh, I was in a sense subtly being interviewed, which I didn't really realize after, for a position, and my personality... Uh, i've improved through the years but i was real timid all the time i didn't really think highly of myself and then i had some fears fears about people and i didn't like when people said things to me like if they got jealous i just didn't like when somebody was jealous of me so sometimes i would be less does anyone have that personality where you'll actually be less so you don't have anybody making remarks to you because they're jealous I, I, I kind of did those kind of things. Shame on me, but I did. Uh, and so I was kind of subtly being interviewed for this position where I would be uh, close to the leader of a big organization. And the way that I took that, I, I, like when I was actually basically asked, this is what I want you to do. I said, well, if I did that, you know, somebody's going to think I'm a big shot and they're going to say this. And, and my response to the position offered was really bad. And so I did not get that position because of the way I responded. Somebody else was chosen. And and fine, that was like, that's almost like, what, 30 years ago or so. So I came out okay. I'm not dealing with it any longer. I'm really good. (laughs) But you see that our words can make us or break us. Just the way that I use my words there hindered me. Uh, And so our words can heal us, how we talk. Can heal us okay words according to the bible uh they can hurt other people of course we know that but words according to the bible can affect our health our minds in every area of our bodies all right so here's here's i, I say this but we're going to say it again our words the words that we spoke yesterday what we spoke and believed yesterday has something to do with what's going on today in our lives so if there's areas that we believed and said that we don't really like the way they are all we have to do is believe something different and say something different and that area can turn around so anything can be changed and anything can turn around so if we're not satisfied with the quality of life in an area that we have today We can change what we believe now and say something different, and that area will be different tomorrow. So what we have today, anything, you know, it's temporal. It can change. God doesn't change. His word doesn't change. But there's a lot of other things that can change. So there's things today that if we don't like, they can be different tomorrow. All we have to do is find what the Bible says about it, believe the right thing, and say the right thing. So we're going to look at that today. Before we do, here's what I like to do all the time. Let's talk about, like, what wrong words. Let's just see some things about what what do wrong words, the effect of wrong words. What can they do in our life? So here's one of the things that can happen uh, when we have wrong words. Uh, It can nullify prayer. And you might say, well, how could that be? Well, it's, it's really simple. You could have somebody pray for you, say, would you agree with me? and pray because I I need this could you agree and then after you pray and agree you can walk away and say exactly you can talk exactly opposite all the time of what you just prayed for you can say I haven't I really uh, I don't have really enough finances to do this one thing you, can you agree with me for finances and so somebody can agree with you and pray that uh, you know God will bring finances and every one of your needs will be met and then about five minutes later you walk away and you start telling people you know I, I never have enough money like you know my, I'm always tight financially it's, it seems like money goes quicker than it comes Did you ever talk that way <laughs> every everything is so expensive and I never have enough money so you just had a prayer and you actually believe for finances but then you actually talk completely different than what was prayed and so so when you have when you pray about something our words, we need to get our words to line up with what we prayed for. Does that make sense? So like wrong words can, can nullify a prayer. And we don't want to do that. So we want to make sure we make sure our words line up with what is prayed. Here's another thing that can happen. that Wrong words can nullify the effects of the laying on of hands. So how does that happen? Well, you might say, I, I want hands laid on me because I have pain and sickness in my body. So somebody uh, lays hands on you and prays and they believe the power of God flows into your body. But when you walk away, you are going by what you feel or like uh, your experience. So you say, well, I had hands laid on me, but nothing's changed. So I guess that doesn't work. I know that's really simple. but So what you're doing is, what can you do? Instead of saying that, you can say, even if you're not instantly healed when hands are laid on you, you can say this, hands were laid on me, and when hands were laid on me, the power of God went into me, and the power of God is working in my body. It went into my body when hands were laid on me. And so what you're doing is you're, you're, you're getting your words lined up with what just happened, the laying on of hands. Here's something else that wrong words can do. Uh, wrong words can frustrate the grace of God in our lives. So when, when you know, God graces us to do something and how we talk about what we're grace to do wherever there's grace like let, let, let's take it starting right by grace you're saved through faith well how did that happen well when you heard about Jesus and uh, and you heard that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord you're saved. so by the grace of God God sent Jesus by grace it was a free gift And Jesus did that so we came into salvation by believing and saying something so by grace we are saved by grace you're saved through faith well that kind of happens in every area so so we can be graced to serve but we can talk negative about how we're graced we can talk even negative about where we are with the Lord so everybody has a journey so where you are in your journey Maybe you can be, you know, we can all get impatient with our journey. Th- does anyone know what I'm talking about? So, you know, you're on a journey, and, uh, and I know, well, like, uh, it's been a while since I've been in my 20s and 30s. So, but back in the days of even 20s and 30s, you know, you want things to happen tomorrow, and you're on this journey, and you're thinking, well, I, I just, I, I'm here, but I'd rather be there. Does anyone know what I mean? Especially when you're younger. So you're right here, right now, but boy, I saw this once when I was praying. I saw that I was going to be there, but why am I here? You know? And so when you're right here, there's grace for here, but you're kind of longing for what's over there. And so you're kind of talking not right about where you are, and you can frustrate the grace where you are. Does that make sense? And so uh, just mixing faith. In the right words, where we are now. That makes a difference. So we can instead of frustrating the grace of God, we cooperate with the grace of God where we are. Okay? And then uh, also wrong words it can actually undo things that God already started to do for us. And and you say, well, what, what does that mean? Well, you you may be going down this journey and and you're heading in the right direction. And the Lord ministered to you and you get going in that direction but then you start undoing it by what you believe and say about yourself you're not really believing and saying about yourself uh, and even lining up with the direction that God is taking you so what do you do well you just decide to believe and say the right thing about yourself and you don't want to undo anything that the Lord is doing for you Uh, do we have any examples well the Lord himself told Israel I'm going to bring you into the promised land, and it's going to be a good land. And God himself said it. When they went in to spy the land out, they saw giants, and they said, we're not able to do it. There's giants in the land. We can't do this. And, you know, and God didn't say, well, yeah, I know, you know, I I see what you're saying. I can relate to you. (laughs) You know, I relate to that. So, like, just let me think this through a little bit. I'll come back to you on that. You know, he didn't say that, you know. It's like he said, I'm going to take you. And they said, there's giants. So they ended up wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. And so we don't want to allow what we believe and say to put us in a place that's kind of like wilderness. Let's, you know, all things are possible to those that believe. We are where we are. We can have a wonderful time, an exciting time, a wonderful journey, happy, fruitful, right where we are. And all we have to do is make these little adjustments and talk and believe the right way concerning where we are right now. Can you say amen to that? Another thing that wrong words can do, it can make our knowledge of God's word ineffective. And you say, how could, how could you say that? What? Well, it's kind of like this. If the Bible promises something and you have knowledge of it, but if we talk different about it, and then even though we know it, we're not really believing it and saying it. So, so we can have knowledge and all of this, but we're actually not hooking up our heart and our tongue with all that knowledge. So as we get revelation knowledge and, and learn things, we want to make sure that our words line up with what we know, the revelation knowledge that we have, it, and it makes a big difference. And then another thing that wrong words can do, it can, it can prolong... Or prevent even a prophecy from coming to pass and and i want to just show you i'm not making these things up so in first 1 timothy 1 it says this charge i i commit to you son timothy according to the prophecies previous notice previously made concerning you that by them you may war, wage a good warfare in other words like somebody gave a word to you but even though that word was given you take that word and you actually wage a warfare with that word. So, so somebody can give you a word and say this, this, is this. And you could, instead of taking that word and doing warfare with it, in other words, uh, I'll give you an example. Like there, there was words that were spoken to me. And even one of the words you don't know, like, when you get prophecies and things, you know, there's you know, there, there, there is always that thing. Is that really going to happen? So I was prophesied uh, uh, one time that I would fill a stadium up. <laughs> because of signs and wonders and miracles that, that were going to be on my life. Well, I'm 63 and I haven't filled a stadium yet up with signs, wonders, and miracles. So I could think, well, did they miss it when they prophesied that to me? But then I can also turn it on me and say, well, have I taken that word and have I waged warfare with it? And, and I, I I'm not going to lose sleep over it, but you see what I'm saying? Like, so you can have a prophecy, but what do you do with that prophecy? How do you talk about yourself? What do you believe about yourself? Does that make sense? And so, so even though somebody prophesies something to us, we still take that and we use that word and we, do, we wage a warfare with that. In other words, we take it, we say, like, this word was given to me and you, you actually believe that word and hook your heart and your mouth with that word uh, and do warfare that way, okay? All right, and then... Um, Here's one last one, and then we're going to look at uh, the other side. Uh, it, and so really, this, this is kind of like what I just said, but you, it can cause you to go backwards in your journey instead of forwards. And, uh, and so I remember this happened to uh, somebody close to me. They were actually in a service, and they got ministered to. They were backslidden really bad, and they had some physical things. They were healed they were touched, they start reading their Bible, they started to pray and all that, and they start going in the right direction. But a couple weeks later, see, your flesh and your feelings don't always feel the same way. And so, like two weeks after a special meeting, your flesh is still there, it never leaves. And if you don't renew your mind, your, your mind is still think, it can be still thinking the wrong way. So after a complete turnaround, where somebody uh, who was backslid comes back to the Lord... Their bodies are healed. They start reading their Bible. But two weeks later, because their flesh starts arising again, they go the other way. And they start saying this. And I, and I know because this person, they said, you know, I, I just don't feel spiritual. I just don't feel like I can do this. The Christian walk is just, you know, it's, it's hard. And, and I'm, I'm not like you guys and et cetera, et cetera. And so what, what, what is happening there is you're saying what you feel instead of what you should believe we don't want to say what we feel we want to say what the bible says and believe that and say what it says even if we feel contrary to that okay so these are just some of the things that you know this is why words are are important okay so with that said let's talk a little bit about our heart and words our heart and words so here's the first thing we want to uh, talk about Uh, what we are full of flows out. What, whatever you're full of flows out. So Luke chapter 6 and verse 45, look at this. It says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. That, that's none of us. If you're a Christian, you're good. Okay, so that's talking about somebody that's not safe. So let's focus on the, this part. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart Brings forth good. So here's the first thing that we see that our hearts are like a factory. So factories produce things, right? And so look at your heart. Like your heart, in a sense, in the spiritual sense, is like a factory. Your heart can produce things. So a good man, somebody that's a Christian that has accepted Jesus Christ, a good man out of that treasure will bring forth. And then notice how it says, it says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, here's another translation of that same scripture. And this translation says this for from the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. From the overflow of his heart. So he- here's just really simple that whatever we spend our time doing the most, is what we get full of. It's really simple. It's kind of like a computer, you know, an accounting program. Does anybody do accounting? Like, does anybody do MyObe here? You know, mind your own business. You know, that's, it's MyObe. It's like a computer software program. I I used to do it when we first came here. I I don't do it any longer, but I I did our accounting for a while. So MyObe is mind your own business and you You install the software. And, you know, the thing about MyOB is you put all the information in. So you you start off with your balance and your checkbook. And then you start putting in all your deposits. And then you start putting in, you know, your outgoings. And then you can categorize your outgoings. This is for rent. This is for wages. This is for, you know, expenses. You know, you just do all the category, you know. And then once you do all of that and put it all in, you can actually hit a button. And whatever you put in, you can generate a report. And the report comes out. And you find out what you, you know, what, 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 what did you pay in rent? What did you pay all, you know, you can just do that by generating a report. So whatever goes in comes out. Isn't that right? And it's kind of like that way with us, you know, whatever we get full of the most is what comes out. So I find even myself, you know, uh, and, and my wife did a good job last week of talking about me and football <laughs> and how full I was of football and you know i find myself you know talking about football when i when i was like that i talked about football more than anything you know and then uh, you can you know you can read the news and you can put more time in the news and the news comes out of you more than you know the 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 word of god and these these things happen for with all of us so there was a season you know when i I could name the football team has fifty three players on it, and you know, so I I I grew up, of course, you know, in the states. So an an American football team, Gridiron, they have fifty three players, okay, and uh, and so they have you know the offensive line, the tight ends, the wide receivers, the running back, the quarterback. Then that's like offense. Then they have the defense, the defensive line, the linebackers, and. And the defensive backs, you know, and then they have special teams the the kicker and the guy that hikes the ball to the kicker you know that 's basically a football team. I could go through every position, not just the starters, because you got your first team, and then you have your second team, and then even in some positions, you have three deep third team. I could name every one of them. I could say six foot five, three hundred and twenty pounds, the guy bench pressed. Uh, the 220 pounds, two, you know, well, 225, you know, when you bench press uh, with those two big bar, you know, weights on each end, the guy could do, th- when he was, when he, the combine is when they, the college guys go to the combine and they, they test them and see how strong they are. This guy benched 225 pounds 30 times at the combine. So I, would, I, I did that with Patsy one time. I went through every guy on the team. I said their name, how tall they were, what they could bench press. They ran the 40-yard dash in 4.5 seconds. You know, 4.4, that's really fast. Some guys do 4.3. There's a few that have done 4.29. you know, like a 4.29. That's like really moving. You know And so you know, I, you know, I didn't hear that, but But you see what I'm saying? I, I was full of it, and it came out of me. It came out of me. And so, so, you know, whatever, and this is what it's saying, from the overflow, whatever you're full of, it, it comes out. It's kind of like, you know, then, then for young people, or you could do this when you're older too, you know, but you, you see somebody, like you see a lady, if you're a man, or a lady sees a man, and then they start talking to each other, and then you just start thinking about that person's all the time, like... 24 hours a day you're even dreaming like so that's in your sleep that makes it 24 hours just dreaming and then when you get up and then you start just talking about that person and everyone's just saying "Ah, you know stop it I don't I don't want to hear about that person any longer but you get so full of that person and whatever you're full of is what comes out and so this is what it's saying here so the overflow, from our overflow we speak. So all these things I'm talking about, it's fine. You can follow football. You can do all that. But what we want to make sure is if there's an area, especially in our lives, and we want it to turn around, are we getting full of the right thing? And that's, that's what we're really uh, saying here. So let's, let's look at this now. Who we are and what we have affects our words. So, who we are, like if we know who we are and we know what we have, it affects our words. So, look at Numbers chapter 13 and verse 33. It says, There we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come from the Nephilim, and we seem to ourselves like grasshoppers. And look at this, and so we seem to them. And so, what you see here is God told them, I'm going to send you into this place, and you are going to possess the land and you can do it. See, God God is saying, You can do it. I'm this is my plan, and you are going to go in and conquer. You're gonna conquer giants and I'm gonna give you this land. And he gave them the words, but they really didn't, you know, have an effect on these guys. So we know that he sent twelve in. We know two of them believed that, but we know ten of them didn't. So the ten spies came back and the bible says that they came back with a bad report so here's what happened is when they saw the giants they compared themselves to the giants and and here's the thing like if we compare ourselves to some of our problems we can possibly depending what the problem is we could feel dwarfed by a problem somebody gets a bad report at the doctor and they, they hear the c word the c word is the cancer word and you hear the word cancer Well, that word in today's society, it can seem like a giant and you can feel dwarfed by that, just hearing that word. And so in other words, it's bigger, it seems bigger than you are. But here's what we see here. These guys were just normal and the other guys were big. And so they compared their self to the other guy. But when you get full of who you are and what you have, you stop comparing yourself to the other guy. You stop comparing yourself to the report, but you then know that it's God, and he's bigger than any of that. So God said, I'm going to bring you into the land, and if you go into that land, you will be able to kill the giants and possess the land. And so they, they saw themselves as grasshoppers, and then they actually, I don't think they talked to the giants. Does anyone here think they actually had a conversation with the giants? I think they were kind of looking at him thinking let's stay away from those guys but it says we ourselves we were like grasshoppers and it says and so we seem to them but do we even know the giants i think the giants might have went after him if they saw him so i think maybe they were just imagining the whole thing that they thought the giants are seeing us like grasshoppers but it's really possible the giants never really did see them that they just imagined the whole thing so it's interesting That how we perceive ourselves, we can even think other people perceive us that way. So when you find out, like, who you are and what you have, it even changes, uh, like, it, it changes, like, the way that you think people are looking at you. So even, like, think about this. I'm standing here right now, and, like, everyone's, like, looking at me, and I could really, that could really mess with me. I wonder... You know, like think about like my insecurities. They're they're probably well, I bet they're thinking that, you know, I I wonder whether you know, you see what I'm saying? Like, so like you find out when you find out who you are and what you have, you know, then it changes your outlook on a lot of different things. Does that make sense? So look look at Proverbs chapter twenty-three and verse seven, it says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So as we think in our hearts. Is really important and so we want to make sure we get the revelation knowledge of who we are in Christ and really know who we are because it really makes us different we first of all changes how we see ourselves and think about ourselves, but it even makes an effect on one what we think about other people and what they're thinking about us okay and here's here's a, a, another thing our mouth is like an echo of our heart like our mouth is like an echo of of our heart, and you, in Proverbs chapter sixteen and verse twenty-three, it says, "The heart of the wise teaches his mouth, and adds learning to his lips." Okay, so think about that. You know, you, our our hearts actually should teach our mouth. You know, there's a lot of things out there that will try to instruct our mouths on how to talk. You know, uh, and uh, if you're like a young person here. And there's a lot of things that you can watch on television. There's a lot of electronic things that you can have in your hand. And they'll try to make you think one way about yourself. They'll try to teach you like who maybe you are. And and, and you'll start talking, and it'll you can become an echo of something out there instead of an echo of something that's on the inside. But really, our mouth should be an echo of what's on the inside. Our mouth is an echo. And so what's on the inside is really our heart will teach our mouth. Uh, uh, that, that's what we see here. Look at, uh, here's another translation of that. The heart of the wise causes his mouth to act wisely. The heart of the, so, so um, our mouth is a reflection of really what's in our heart. And our mouth can be so powerful in our lives, okay, so here's just uh some steps i see that we're running out of time here's some some four practical things uh, steps to teaching our mouth to speak now here, here's something that a lot of times it's in a sense it's almost out of place here but i thought it would be good to just look at this that first of all number one be slow to speak and so james 1 says know this my beloved brothers let every person be quick to hear okay slow to speak and slow to anger now so uh, there's just sometimes it's better not to talk so if we say well here's some steps on how to like teach our mouth like sometimes it's just better not like especially if you're angry now you guys know as well as i do have you ever said anything when you're angry that you wish you didn't say i mean we all i mean i think we're all in that category so it says like be quick to hear and slow to speak slow to anger so so one of the things about teaching our mouth, sometimes it's just good to know when not to say anything, okay? The, the second thing that we want to say is wh- when we, you know, a practical step is like choose the correct ammunition when we talk about teaching our mouth. And what do I mean by that? You know, whatever, if there's an area in our lives that really needs attention, the best thing to do in that case is to go find our ammunition what do we l- want to load ourselves up with and then load up with the right ammunition now not like it's it's kind of like this you know like um there, there's a minister name his name is fred price and i don't know if everyone here knows who fred price is he came to australia many years ago african-american pastors in los angeles i mean he's like 80 years old now i, I don't know if he's still pastoring himself but he came here many years ago. He spoke at Garden City, a uh, uh, great teacher of the Word of God. And he t- tells a story about he had kidney stones. And uh, so he, he, there's two things. This is a long time ago. They've really got advanced now with laser. You know, you can get laser treatment now. And they can just zap kidney stones with lasers. But that's way back before that day. So there was another way they did, la- you know, kidney stones. But he gets laser, uh, kidney stones. So here's what he tells his wife. He said, I'm going in the room right here. And he said, I'm going in with my Bible and with some water. And he said, and I'm not coming out of the room till the kidney stones are gone. <laughs> and he actually did. And, you know, that's one of his stories that everyone is like really likes that story. He went into a room. Kidney stones were so bad, painful, that he laid on the floor rolling around in pain. But he had his Bible and some water. And he just kept filling up with the Word and meditating on the Word. And long story short, he gave his total self to that, got full of that, full of the Word. He loaded up with the right ammunition, and he walked out of the room with no kidney stones. And so I'm saying, like, some here's the thing. Like, if you have an area in your life that needs dealt with, and then you're studying eschatology, you know, that's the study of the end times, like... But what does eschatology have to do with that area? Like, if there's something really going on, give it full attention. Don't, like, study eschatology and pneumatology and all these tologies. But make sure you give yourself to that completely. And then when it's done and over and there's victory, then you can study eschatology. (laughs) Okay? So load up with the right stuff. And so, so you want to uh, choose the correct ammunition. Then you want to, number three, load your ammunition. So how do you, like, load the ammunition? Well, you do it by feeding and meditating on God's Word. You, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't... Uh, here's the thing. We're talking about power, and some of this might not seem like real exciting where you want to run around and roll and get drunk in the Holy Ghost as I'm talking. But if you actually load up the ammunition and you feed... And meditate and get full of that you know you when you release that it's released powerfully because you get so full of it it comes out differently and, and I know because I, I know when I just say something that I know up here but I really didn't reload it in here there's a difference I, I know because I, I, I've taught healing many times I've, I've been teaching on the subject of healing for 20-something years and I've teach, I can teach 30 hours on it you know two different classes in a Bible school but I can tell you even though I can teach 30 hours on it in a Bible school and I've done it 20 something years you know every, almost every year when I need healing I can just say because I know it up here I'm healed by a stripes but it's coming from here but it's not coming from here and I have to go like reload I have to go meditate and I have to feed on that scripture so so even if you know something up here you want to be speaking from here when you when you load the ammunition it gets in your heart and you speak from your heart so sometimes you just have to take time you know break away and get somewhere where you can be alone and have some time and get that ammunition loaded it it makes a difference okay and then uh, the last thing uh, and I'm gonna have the worship team can come to uh, the last thing is discharge your ammunition and there was a statistic, you know, back in the World War II that they, they did a, a study, and they, 25 to 50% of the soldiers, they were not firing their guns. And they, their guns were loaded with ammunition, but 25 to 50% of them weren't shooting their guns. They weren't firing their guns. And so, you know, we, if we're going to get full and we're going to feed into everything, we have to make sure that it says, I say unto you, whosoever says to this mountain be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes what he says will come to pass he shall have what he says and so if you see there there has to be a discharge the weapon needs to be the ammunition needs to be dispensed or discharged it comes out of our mouth from our heart And so those are just some simple things that we can do that will have a very powerful effect in our lives. And so how do you talk about, what do you believe about yourself? How do you talk about yourself? What do you believe about your situation? What do you say about your situation? All of these things, uh, we're the stewards of our life. We are the the stewards of our life. And I I know that there's a devil out there, but sometimes, you know, we can be a bigger problem than him if we believe the wrong thing about ourselves, if we believe the wrong thing about our situation, if we talk wrong about ourselves and our situation, we can be a bigger problem than he is, okay? Praise God. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at rhema.org.au. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.